All right, guys, one, two, three, here we go. Can I get a little motivation, a little energy? I want you to be excited with me. This is Juan Santos over to Counselor's Journey, and we are going to dive into another episode all about teaching you, mental health professionals, how to A, start, B, grow, C, scale a six-figure counseling private practice without, without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. All right. Hi, everyone. I am here with Avivit Fisher. Hey, Avivit, how are you? Hi, Juan. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. It's a good Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, right? Tuesday, it's a good yeah. Tuesday, yes. <laughs> um, so if we can, I'd love for you to share um, share who you are, the type of work that you do. Sure. Um, so I'm Avivit Fisher. I'm the owner of Red Strategy. Uh, It's a marketing consultancy for therapists in private practice um, in which I work with mental health providers um, and I teach them the skills, the business skills and the marketing skills that they never learned in grad school. So um, I work with therapists um, as a coach and as a consultant, and I help them to start a private practice, to grow a private practice, and to thrive in private practice. Awesome. So this is the perfect audience for you. Just about every listener on here is uh, a mental health professional and and most in private practice or we're trying to make it work in the realm of private practice. I know, exactly. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So this this episode here and part of the the sequence of the podcast of A Counselor's Journey um, we're going into a season and this season is all about side hustles. So mm-hmm. really speaking to mental health professionals where their trade job, right? So like my trade job, my number one job is in private practice, starting and growing that practice. Um, I wanted to have you on here to go into that branding component so that if counselors are out there and they're sharing with you, you know, I want to be able to do speaking or I want to create a course where I want to use my counseling skills to some other degree to build blank side business what type of branding feedback could you give them well the first first thing that i would say is um notice your work with your clients and see what kind of questions they're asking you what kind of um problems they're coming to you with and see how you can sort of package it i would say package it in a course because of course like it's it's short-lived as opposed to therapy and see how your skills and expertise can fill that need um, because probably you're seeing clients that have this overlap of issues and there's probably a lot of common um, themes uh, about your sessions and everything and uh really try to think about how you can position yourself as an expert and as an authority um, in providing um, answers to questions that your clients are asking. Not necessarily, I know not solutions, but maybe um, answers and guidance. Um, And in that respect, when you understand that, when you understand what the objective is um, and understand how you can use your skills to, um, to, become an authority on the subject, then it becomes much easier for you to um, create a strong brand. So you need to think about a few things. You need to think about um, what the needs are of um, 
your clients, potential, potential clients and people out there, um, how your skills um, and knowledge um, can fill those needs and also how you would like to be perceived in this whole um, journey of creating a side hustle, creating like a course, how you want to be perceived by um, the specific population that you want to reach, the population that has those problems that you're thinking about. Mm. I, I like that. So kind of mm -hmm. taking it in, you know, if I'm that counselor, I want to start that side hustle. I could, I could look at the patients that I'm working with and, and see what feedback they're giving me. Like maybe they're saying, hey, you, you did a great job with us and we're a couple. And then mm -hmm. for me, that would tell me that I may be able to build something extra when it comes to working with couples outside of the counseling session. Yeah. And actually I worked, um, uh, I, I worked with a therapist who is um, a relationship therapist and she's um, been creating a course. Um, and, and this course is, you know, it's finite. It's not like, uh, you know, a process thing like you do with therapy, but there's basically a few stages on, of that course. And she took all the common um, questions and problems that her clients have, and she used it to create a course that answers those questions. So yeah, mm, you have yeah. an you have the built-in audience in your clients, and you can use that for your market research. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like that. I guess it, it builds a lot of confidence too, and, and kind of just hearing it and say, okay, I think I have a lot of those stepping stones. You, you mentioned um, that perception. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess what I'm thinking is like, if I'm a counselor, I'm a counselor, and as a counselor, yeah. um, I want to build a side hustle. So like right now outside of my side hustle, just as a psychotherapist, the perception is that Juan is a counselor or a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. How do I go about building, I guess, that new perception? Like if I want to be a course creator, like, like that client that you mentioned, that's a, that's a couples counselor creating that course, her perception, I guess, is something different? It's a little bit different as if, in the sense that you're positioning yourself as an expert on a specific topic. So okay. the perception that you want to create um, is of the go-to person on that topic. So okay. that's how I would define it. But also um, on an emotional level too, right? If you want to be perceived as more approachable, if you want to be perceived as more cerebral, if you want to be perceived in a certain way that uh, attracts a certain audience, maybe people between ages 25 and 35, maybe people who are a little bit more mature. So all these things need to be taken into account when you're thinking about how you would like to be perceived. Hmm. So a lot of that goes into like what you're sharing, that's that branding component. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and as you're, as you're building, it's my brain, like just going a little bit wild here as you're building this brand, you, mm -hmm. you use the word expert. Yes. And I know sometimes as clinicians, we like, to, I think some of us start to stay away from it, maybe because of like that ego there. Um, but I get definitely from a branding perspective, what I guess what's underneath like expert, what does that really mean? And how does someone get there? 
Well, you don't necessarily have to label yourself as an expert and put it everywhere. <laughs> like I'm an expert in this, yeah. but you can think of yourself as an expert and you can think of it as like, okay, so this is, there's this expert persona on this issue and how would this person behave? What would this person talk about? And how would this person address the audience? So in, uh, for example, um, when you know that it's easier for you to address in all your promotion, um, and, and, and talk a little bit more with confidence on a specific topic, right? So people who are going to be taking your course, they're going to want to think about you as an expert. You know, they, they, they want you to have that confidence that you, you can help them um, at the time that they're taking this course. And uh, um, again, you know, it's, it's something, it's, it's very important to understand that um, it's a, the course component is a little bit different from therapy, right? It's, mm-hmm. you, you have to be a little bit more of, um, um, you know, have to be more self-promotional in that respect. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you have to, you, you kind of have no choice, but position yourself as an authority on a subject, on the subject that you're trying to sell to your audience. Okay. Is there, I guess, as you're building that expert persona, Mm-hmm. where people can people can see like that person that made the couples course are there like branding strategies that the 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 counselor could do to help i guess the community or potential buyers of that course see them as an expert well um from a marketing perspective there are different things that you can do you can um Try to understand how you can build this reputation of an authority, right? So you have to, you, there's different ways to build that reputation. There is a way of, you know, um, generating reviews, maybe from, not from, not from clients, because I know that therapists are limited in that, but maybe from colleagues, or maybe from providers that would have the same type of audience that you are aiming to gain, Um then obviously there are things like this going on podcasts mm-hmm. and giving interviews, um, social media, your social media can become your like marketing vehicle, your platform for, um, for, you, for your message um, about the specific topic that you decide that you're going to be an expert on an authority on. Um, and um, really it's about, building reputation, building an audience. And obviously it depends. It's a very individual thing. And when I work with my clients, I mean, I don't have like a cookie cutter approach because every, especially with therapists, everybody is very, very unique and everybody's philosophy is unique. Everybody's method is unique and clients are unique. So so we really typically craft, um, I would call it a, a client's journey, a person who finds your, like the journey of a person who finds your course online and where do you need them along the way and how do you build this relationship before they actually buy from you? Mm, good point. So I guess as a counselor, like when they're wanting to build that additional source of income, that side hustle, part of their branding is to maybe get on a certain social media platform and reach out to maybe like their circle, other counselors that they know and see who's willing to uh, write them a review mm-hmm. or to 
you know, share that message, share that they're, you know, providing a, a new service in that area. Yes. And also, um, you know, you can't let your current clients know about it. You can't discuss it with the current clients. You can, you know, as, as I said, it's, um, it's a great resource. You can, um, you can tell your current clients, you can say, listen, I, I, I noticed that there is a need and I'm, um, it, do you think it would be helpful if I was uh, to address this topic in a, in a, in a format of a, a course? And you can discuss it. It's, it's really, it can be very helpful. I mean, I don't think it's very invasive uh, if you keep it to a, like a short time and you just ask yeah. a question. But it can, be, it can provide you a lot of insight and also uh, put the message out there that you're working on it. That's very true. I guess maybe even, you know, if, if you speak to your own clients, the ones that already have experience with you, they may give you insight on, you know, maybe you say, I want to do a course and they go, well, actually, I think you would do much better with blank. Yeah. And, you know, I guess they can give you that insider perspective because they have that experience with you. Yeah, definitely. And again, like when you are, when you are building something like that, it's good to have, um, you know, the opinion of people who you are trying to serve. So mm-hmm. you, you're building, you're not building it in a vacuum. You're building it as you're getting feedback, what's working, what's not working, what they would like to see in you um, and in your course. Um, so th- that's also part of building the brand of building the perception. Are there certain mistakes that you see or, uh, yeah, there's certain mistakes that you see whenever there's like a, like in this example here, right? A counselor and they're wanting to start an additional source of income, such as creating a course. Do you see certain mistakes in your field? So it's interesting because just last week I spoke to somebody who um, actually from New Zealand and we were talking about creating a course and she had the whole thing figured out, like what the course that she was going to be creating and um, everything is written out. She was ready to go. And um we started talking about it and I said, well, hold on a second, because it's very time consuming. You know, it's very energy consuming to create a course. Do you know how you're going to go about and attract the people to your course? And she said, well, I'm going to, she had resources. I'm going to pitch to, you know, this organization and that organization. And I said, well, why don't you start reaching out to them right now and talk to them about it, talk to them about it, start promoting your idea and start saying, well, I'm building it as you're building it because it not only it will give you feedback, it will put the message out there, but it also can help you pre-sell the course before it's ready. So I think that the biggest mistake, and that's not only for counselors, not only for therapists, but in general for, for course creators, and I, I, full disclosure, I've, I've gone through that myself, <laughs> is creating something, thinking that it's going to be what people need, and mm-hmm. then being stuck trying to sell thing a, a thing that people can't really relate to. So that would be the biggest mistake. Mm. So I guess going, going too fast and, and not, not evaluating as you share, not looking at the market and saying, yeah. is there a need for this? I guess sometimes people probably just get excited. We get excited and yeah. we think that it's such a great idea and we really want to dive into doing the work because it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to shoot a, <laughs> shoot videos yeah. or like write a course. But um, 
it's you need to be kind of smart about your time, especially for therapists, because they are so busy with clients and it's very, um, you know, it can be draining. The work can be draining. So you have to be very intentional about how you spend your time and energy. That, that, That makes perfect sense. If you were speaking with a therapist and they they came to you and said, hey, I, I want to start an additional source of income, a side mm-hmm. hustle, but I'm not sure, you know, what side hustle to create. What, what, what would you do? Which direction would you lead them in? Well, I would start with why do they want to start a side hustle? What's the, the reason why. behind it, right? Um, I would try to understand how much time they really have to dedicate to it. I would try to understand what they like doing, what they like, what, what, mm-hmm. what are they feeling excited and passionate about? And I would try to figure out how much time they can dedicate to it. And then maybe I would give an idea of what they can do or make suggestions and explore. Maybe it's a course, maybe it's guest lecturing, maybe it's um, book writing. It, it can be different things. And, um, and uh, but I would not, you know, start with a recommendation of what to do right away. I would just examine the resources that they have mm-hmm. before that and the yeah. reason why they want to do it. Yeah, that, that why you use that word a lot. So it seems very important, like like really understanding it clearly. Yes. I'm assuming that that one guides your entire process, that why. Yes, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was the founder of Toyota. I don't remember, but he basically said that for everything, he, he would ask why five times. Why would mm-hmm. I do this? But why? But why? But why? And then you re, uh, reach the the real reason. And I'm not doing the five times, but a lot of times yeah. you uncover very interesting things because you ask why. And I ask why of myself a lot because I get a lot of ideas and I get very excited as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes when you ask yourself the why, you you realize that maybe the reason that you thought maybe the reasons that you thought that you should be doing something is because somebody else is doing that or because um, it looks lucrative, but actually, you know, it's, it's a huge time commitment that you just don't have. So you will be surprised how much you can uncover. So it sounds like that process, we, we want to dedicate time to it. We want to dedicate time to reflecting and to really digging into why do I want to do this? Um, and you mentioned time. So, so tell me that part. It seems like time is essential. So I look at this for any small business, but for therapists in particular, because um, because of the vast need right now for, for your mm-hmm. services. There are really three main resources in your private practice that you have to be really, really mindful of. First of all, it's money, right? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, it's your time because you know you you only have a certain amount of time to dedicate to your clients to dedicate to non-billable work right to dedicate to uh, marketing and the last one is your energy and that is also a very important resource because some things um, require much more energy than others mm-hmm. and when I start working with my clients, also I'm looking at all those three resources because this is the way that we can figure out what can be outsourced, 
what can be automated, what can be used better. Maybe there's a problem in the process that they're doing that takes too much time that can be simplified. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why I talk about time a lot. Okay. Yeah. I and mean, that one's certainly important. You're know, just kind of yeah. thinking a counselor is going to have their, their main job and that's going to take up some hours. And then they really got to think about, all right, how much time do I have outside of work to build blank side business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love those. So some really important ones that I, I pulled out from today, the branding, go into that perception, dig into the why, identify you know, how much time you have, look at the yeah. work that you're doing. You know, what are your clients saying to you? What feedback do you get? Um, looking at your circle, maybe your peers, your colleagues, and seeing what feedback you receive. And then, you know, really evaluating that. And then from there, starting that process. Exactly. Exactly. Because it can save, again, a lot of time in the, yeah. in the future. And, um, you know, the nature of a therapist's work is sometimes it can be a little lonely if you, especially if you're solo practitioner mm -hmm. and you're alone, you know, and you kind of get used to that, but it doesn't mean that you can't reach out for feedback. It doesn't mean that you have to figure everything out on your own. So that's an important element to remember as well. That certainly is. And that's relatable. I, I certainly have felt that many times and many uh, clinicians that I work with share that, you know, the, you close the door and your counselor there kind of on your own. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation today. I would love if you could share with listeners um, if they want, if they would, if they can work with you, you know, what does that process look like? Oh, sure. Thank you. First of all, I enjoyed our conversation a lot too. <laughs> I love talking about this. Um, so I work uh, with people who are starting a private practice, people who are trying to attract clients, people who are trying to become more productive and grow. Um, and I do it through coaching usually. And um, you can also connect to me um, on my website, redstrategy.com, R-E-D-D strategy.com, or you can email me at avivit at redstrategy.com. And on my website, I have a ton of free resources Ooh, awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of free marketing resources. And I also have a weekly newsletter that it's, it's pretty new, but I saw the big need for therapists to sort of understand the big picture in the industry and figure out, um, you know, how they can take that and grow their private practice, see the opportunities. So my weekly newsletter is really, a curated information because I read a lot, a lot about the business of uh, private practice and I give my insight and um, suggestions of how you can use that and grow your private practice or maybe, um, you know, see another need, especially yeah. for a side hustle. Well, awesome. And I'm going to put all that in the show notes. so You guys can just see it, click the link and then get started working with Avivit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that you have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. As you head out today, guys, I want you to give yourself a big old hug, a big old high five, because listen, you're doing it. You're taking time out of your day to build your six-figure private practice. You are tapping into ambition. You're tapping into curiosity, and you're doing it here together. We're holding hands. We're walking on this journey, a private practice journey. Before you head off, do me a kindness. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know which episode really stuck out to you. Which one made you go... Yes, I need to start doing a little bit more of that. Or yes, I am doing that and I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am seeing amazing changes. 
Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to growing together on our journey.